Welcome to Spotlight by Lutron. We sit down with our brightest industry colleagues and friends to discuss the magic of an integrated lighting solution and how the industry is adapting to the reimagination of homes and luxury spaces. If you're joining us during our 2020 Lutron Connection event, you can follow our kickoff podcast series schedule at lutron.com slash connection 2020. Hi, everyone. This is Margaret Block, Product Manager for Luxury Residential Shades at Lutron. And I'm Catherine Chiarelli, Residential Shades Sales Leader at Lutron. Today's Spotlight by Lutron episode is a conversation with Ginny Demsky, Senior Associate at Cerami & Associates. Cerami is a premier acoustic design and technology consulting company that works with developers and architects on iconic projects all over the world. Headquartered in New York City, Cerami is a woman-owned company that's been in business for more than 54 years and has over a billion square feet of design experience. Ginny is here with us today to talk about how her team designs and delivers acoustically optimized experiences for their clients in commercial and residential spaces. Ginny, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. So for us at Lutron, Making the home a true sanctuary, a place of comfort that's both beautiful and welcoming has been a part of our mission and culture for decades. And now more than ever, we're all trying to reimagine spaces in our home to serve a variety of purposes from living room to boardroom, kitchen to classroom. And, you know, our specialty is lighting and shades, which are instrumental to curating these multi-purpose home environments. But many of our listeners provide additional elements to the home from incorporating distributed audio into the floor plan to creating a home theater environment or choosing materials and furniture and designing the layout of a room that's flexible and creates the mood we're striving for. Something Margaret and I have been digging into is what value shades have besides just controlling daylight in the space. Um, And we discovered that shades can have a tremendous impact on the acoustic environment. So, you know, our customers are investing in the products. What other value are we adding or can we add beyond just that? So thanks for joining us, Ginny. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. So uh, I work at Ceramine Associates. I've been there about five years. Um, So I'm an acoustical engineer. So that means I deal with noise and vibration in all market types. Whenever I talk to people, they ask, why acoustical engineering? It's it's such a niche field. Uh, Truth be told, I'm a classically trained musician. I grew up playing the bassoon, which is a woodwind instrument. Many of my colleagues are musically inclined and actively participate and perform in organized groups. Uh, During the holidays, we have a ceramic band, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, We all have an affection and love for sound music and how that translates into the space and the experience you get in the space based on its geometry and its properties. So it's a career, but it's also a passion as well because we help design these amazing spaces for these experiences and opportunities. It's it's really great. Well, you're in good company here with another handful of musicians. So uh, Margaret and I both play the piano and Margaret has recently also taken up guitar, a very good <laughs> quarantine activity. Wonderful. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's fun to hear your passion for acoustics, Jenny. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's the way that we at Lutron feel about lighting. I see a lot of parallels there. 
yeah, there are so many parallels between lighting and acoustics. You know, with lighting, people experience a space and generally they don't understand how lighting impacts their space. When there's good lighting, when there's good acoustics, people don't comment on it. We are the supporting actors um, in the greater role. You know, I always think about it as like a Broadway show. You know, you have the lighting, you have the props, you have the costumes. If one of those things is out of place, people will notice. They may not be able to put their finger on it, but there, it is a noticed experience difference. And uh, acoustics, again, it's no different from lighting. Great acoustics in a space, it's invisible. It's so true. And it really is amazing how much all of this affects the environment. You know, Catherine and I have had the, the privilege of seeing some of these different spaces that use our solutions um, and how, you know, something as simple as automated shades, lowering and perfect alignment just really transforms how the daylight's coming or staying out of a room, right? So are there any projects you've worked on that you can share with us where the acoustic design was particularly impactful and fundamental to how the final space felt? Yeah, so one of the big ones that we've have actually, they've, it's opened recently, is uh, the TWA Hotel at JFK Airport in New York. The hotel is on the grounds of JFK, and you're actually able to see planes taking off and landing from your guest room. Of course, that experience is incredible, but one of the major feats that we had to work through with the design team is the acoustics of that. As most of us know, airplanes are not quiet by any means. Uh, so we did some extensive testing, extensive mock-ups uh, with the whole design team over a period of years to really hone in on the facade design. Um, it's actually the second thickest in the world behind uh, an MC in London. Um, it has an STC rating of 55, which is unheard of for most hotels. So that was paramount. Uh, again, Coming back to the experience, it's one of those things once you're in the guest room looking out, seeing plane take off and land. It's, it's quite amazing. That sounds like an awesome project. So it sounds like you guys work on all different kinds of projects, right? You do both commercial and residential. Yeah. So I would say, you know, 60% of our market type is in interior fit outs, but that's not to say that we don't work on residential, hospitality, culture, airports. You know, we hit all types of vertical market types because acoustics is omnipresent. Well, it sounds like there are a variety of factors and variables that need to be assessed in, in any commercial space, be it a hotel or um, an airport, right, as you're, as you're saying. Can you tell us a little bit about how you typically approach acoustics in a home? Sure. So acoustics in commercial and residential, the same principles apply. It's just a different space. And especially we're seeing as people are working from home more, creating a proper acoustic environment is really paramount to the functionality of their home. Um, whether that means creating an auditory zen space, you know, quiet and comfortable, or if they need more lively space. Again, physics doesn't change. So looking at a residential space, we look at the function, uh, what the expectations are from you know, the occupant and what they're envisioning for their space, uh, just as much as lighting comes into play, you know, we really want to cater to, you know, what the end user is envisioning for their, for their residential, for their home. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Home is work. Home is home. Home is all the things right now. Mm -hmm. um, on the shade side, we are just super aware of what regular people think about shades and light control doesn't always translate to the results that they were looking for. So like a really big example that we run across is achieving blackout with shades, typically in a bedroom. 
we have fabrics that we talk about as blackout fabrics. That fabric blocks all of the light. But even if the fabric is blackout, if you install it in an application where there are any cracks, Margaret and I like to say that light is like water. It will find any way to come through. So when we want to do a true blackout application, we go to extremes. We have side channels. We have maybe a sill angle or a recess in the sill that the shade drops down into. We will paint the interior of a pocket matte black to help stop light from bouncing up and over the shade itself. Um, So I just feel like these same misconceptions must exist on the acoustic side. So can you tell us a little bit about how you think about sound and how you explain the concept of sound to your clients who might be newbies to thinking about it uh, from like an engineering standpoint? Yeah, totally. So acoustics has, it's multifaceted. So just really quick, a lot of vendors and products, they have a bunch of different acronyms. What do all these mean, right? So there's a few different acronyms that we really focus on and we really try to debunk and really get people to understand. So STC is sound transmission class. That's essentially how well an assembly blocks sound. The higher the number, the better it performs. That has nothing to do with acoustic absorption because NRC, which is the other acronym that's really important, the noise reduction coefficient, is how well an assembly absorbs or reflects sound. And that number is typically a decimal from zero being the most reflective to one being the most absorptive. So those are just two big acronyms that people kind of confuse all the time and of course that's okay because acoustics again it's it's always been a very niche field and a luxury item and now people are becoming more aware of it so we really like to kind of educate our clients and educate people we are working with to really um, understand you know what we're specking and what we're helping to coordinate in the field Um, other things that you know I hear all the time um, putting up egg crates um, so those I are- was going to ask you about <laughs> this because I just never believed that those did anything. Yeah, so egg crates, they're not necessarily great for blocking sound. Um, and especially, I live in New York City. Um, a lot of, I hear people saying, oh, I'm going to put up some egg crates, and that will definitely help, you know, my upstairs neighbors, you know, whoever knows what they're doing. They always seem like they're like deadlifters or like total weightlifting people upstairs. I don't know about you living in an apartment. That's what happens to me. Um, but egg crates really don't do anything for that. They're really lightweight. You know, we're talking about that STC and the NRC uh, you're looking for something that does STC, you know, that sound blocking. Uh, egg crates just simply don't do that. Um, another thing is just because you have something that's considered acoustic absorption doesn't mean that your space is going to drastically change. Uh, so acoustic absorption, it's a correlation between the surface area of your acoustic absorptive treatment, the geometry of the space, and the surface area of the room. Uh, so that's where we kind of come in and we'll work with the client or whoever, the designer, and say you need X amount of acoustic finish you know in order to achieve the end result you're looking for Uh, so just because you have one piece of fabric or one anything doesn't necessarily drastically change your space not necessarily a misconception but something you see really often in home offices and conference rooms is the lack of acoustic treatment or non-strategic 
replacing of acoustic treatment. Um, so when you're talking on your speakerphone or, you know, um, you're having a conversation, if you have a lot of hard surfaces and you're in proximity to them, it can create a lot of unwanted reflections, which can be kind of annoying and kind of unpleasant in, in your space. Um, so we like to uh, recommend putting acoustic treatment in strategic locations to kind of reduce those unwanted reflections to make your space more comfortable and optimize the space that you have. Yeah, it's ironic that so many home office spaces, maybe you're facing your, with your desk looking out a window. Maybe you're in a little room that's kind of, there's not a lot of soft things going on. I know I found that my bedroom gives me the best acoustics when I'm giving presentations virtually, and I suspect it's just because there's a lot of soft stuff in there that's absorbing all that bouncing around sound. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you look in an empty room versus, you know, a room that's furnished, obviously there is a difference in terms of acoustic properties and, and what you're experiencing in the space. But it's, again, sometimes we have to be very intentional about where we're putting our acoustic treatment to really get the experience and the end result that we're looking for. Another problem we face uh, often is in home offices or conference rooms. When you have that glass conference room or a home office that has a lot of windows, uh, generally there's not a lot of places to put acoustic absorptive treatment. So we'll rely on any roller shades or window treatments that we can uh, to make it as acoustically effective as possible without drastically changing the design or repositioning the room. Hmm. And when you're talking about roller shades, I mean, help us understand what part of the shade is really doing the acoustic heavy lifting, right? Is it the fabric itself that's dissipating the sound? So it's a combination of the fabric itself and the airspace behind the fabric. Uh, typically with a lot of roller shades, the percent opening is really what drives that acoustic absorption, the NRC, the noise reduction coefficient, as we previously talked about. Um, and also, if these fabrics, if they have any acrylic backing or if they have anything added to it, that can really impede on the acoustic performance of that fabric. So when you say airspace, you mean the distance between the fabric and the glass, right? The window glass. That's right. Most roller shades are tested in a very specific way that actually almost mimics the application. So when you look at the test report or when you look at the NRC rating, it kind of holds true. Uh, to what you actually get in situ. Okay. So we have a lot of resources at Lutron um, Fabric Binders, our LutronFabrics.com website. What should we be looking for to know that a fabric is a good choice, right? Are there things that we can look out for? So the big thing that you can look out for is to see if that fabric or that roller shade has an NRC rating. So the higher the NRC rating, the more acoustically absorptive it is. Um, so that's a really tell true way to know if you're putting acoustic treatment in your space or not. Um, and looking at the Lutron roller shades, the Shearweave 4900, the 1% opening is actually really good and compares with other um, market products in, in our industry. The Basket Weave 90 also has a pretty good NRC rating. So with the caveat that roller shades are not, you know, two-inch fabric wrap panels, right? There is going to be some sort of limitation on what you can do. However, you know, with the options that you have, you know, if you have a space that's kind of limited on what you can do from an acoustic standpoint, a roller shade is a really great option to provide acoustic absorption in your space. But not all treatments uh, provide acoustic value. If there is no test data available, and we can talk about it in a little bit, there's different ways to kind of see if it has some acoustic absorptive properties or not. 
for typical applications, looking at the NRC value is enough. But with more specialty projects, if we're really trying to hone in on specific frequencies, uh, we could take a look at those and see really what's optimizing that to make it as acoustically effective as possible. Fortunately, for the application of typical roller shades, whether, again, that be in the home office, a conference room, wherever they're applicable, they're actually really effective in the speech frequencies. Uh, typically the mid-range up into thousands of hertz, that's really where they shine, which is really beneficial to us because we know that at least with the square footage that we have, we can kind of optimize that window treatment. That's good news for us. Um, so you mentioned earlier, and I want to go back to this, sometimes people look at our decorative fabric collection and they don't see an NRC rating tied to that. And it's just because nobody did the testing, right? But they look at that and they think that the shades, the decorative fabrics don't have any acoustical properties. My favorite analogy to this is like, you don't look at the menu and if there's no calories next to the cheeseburger, you assume it's a zero calorie cheeseburger. Like that's <laughs> not how it works. So I am confident that these decorative fabrics still have acoustical value, even though we don't have the acoustical data. So if we're choosing fabrics like that, we're choosing between two different fabrics and we don't have the testing and I'm not going to pay whatever thousands of dollars it costs to get my fabric independently tested by an NRC testing lab. How can I kind of like figure it out on the fly in the field? Is this fabric going to add any value whatsoever acoustically? Yeah, so to your point, just because something doesn't have a value to it doesn't mean it doesn't perform, right? So again, going back to the empty room versus furnished room, people will notice the difference. You know, you have uh, different like upholsteries, carpets, you know, rugs, what have you. Um, so there's a couple tests that we do as acoustical engineers to see if a fabric would be worthwhile or acoustically absorptive or transparent. Uh, so one of the tests is the breathing test. So essentially, if you take a sample of fabric, put it in front of your mouth, right, and breathe, uh, if you can feel air on the other side, it means it's acoustically transparent, which is good for us. Um, some fabrics, they're latex-based, um, latex-backed, sorry, which doesn't allow sound to go through or air to go through. Another test that you can do is the light test. So if you show a sample up to the sunlight and if you see light shining through, that also means it's acoustically transparent. There is a diminishing returns here. Um, so kind of going back to the roller shades, looking at the, the weave uh, percentage opening, the more open it is, actually the less acoustically well it performs in terms of absorption. So there is, there is some sort of limitations on that. But if you know, you know, looking at any specifications or anything like that, if you see no latex backing, if you can breathe on one side and feel air on the other, and if you hold it up to the light and you see sun shining through or light shining through, it's probably a good acoustic material. Um, another thing that I like to tell people is velour soft treatments. Um, those also do provide some acoustic value to your space. We typically use them in things like theaters and concert halls, but that's not to say that the same couldn't be applied to the home. Of course, if it's not tested, there's no guarantee, uh, but these are just kind of like little tips and tricks to see if you may or may not have an acoustically effective product or treatment in your hands. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I actually, I have some fabric samples in front of me and looking at them, looking at the difference between a 1% back weave 90 and a blackout sample, it makes a lot of sense to me 
that this bath weave 90 and the 1%, you know, if I breathe through it, I can feel a little bit coming through. If I hold it up to the window, I do have some light coming through. Whereas with the blackout, there's no breath coming through that. That thing is solid. There's no light coming through that. It's solid. It's basically, I guess, like having a piece of wall on top of your piece of glass. So, you know, it makes sense that that's not really adding a ton of acoustical value or any at all. So we shouldn't be ashamed if we're holding up fabric samples and blowing through it in front of the clients. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. So these, these in-field <laughs> tests, while they may seem silly, they're actually really effective in understanding that being able to see a fabric, look at the fabric, you know, blow through the fabric, um, those are all really great ways to understand the properties of a material. Um, and again, while it seems silly, you know, in acoustical engineering, we do a lot of silly things. The way we test, you know, they seem unconventional, but they're actually very effective. So we've been talking about rollers mostly, but you mentioned these like theater style um, drapery. What about other shade styles in general? Things like Roman shades, draperies, these things may also be effective. Again, if it has a test, of course, that's what we really like to refer to. But again, the same principles and the applications and the testing procedures you can apply to these fabrics as well. Again, if you have something that's too open, it may not be as effective. I mean, I think that 1% is kind of really the key. Um, but again, if you have a heavy velour fabric, um, that's definitely going to provide some acoustic absorption. If you have heavy Roman shades, those will most likely provide acoustic absorption. It's not guaranteed, but doing what you can to a space to make sure that it's as acoustically comfortable as you can make it um, is really going to optimize your space. So um, I have a kind of different question from just helping with reverberation. On the other end of that, I also live in a New York City apartment, and I am on this eternal quest to stop outside noise from coming in. Um, I actually currently live on the Upper East Side, surrounded by hospitals. So pretty much any time of day, there is a siren, and it's a lot. How can I stop that? You know, how can I keep those outside sounds outside, or is there anything I can do? Yeah, so that's really, uh, going back to the acronyms we were talking about earlier, that's really based on the STC. There's other acronyms that have to deal with outside to inside, um, but really the, the principle of that is the how much it, it blocks the sound or reduces the transmission of sound. Um, so you can replace the windows, or another area I've seen for improvement is providing a secondary window. Uh, there are some industry market types out there that do that. From outdoor to indoor sound transmission, things like roller shades and drapery typically do not help with that. So what about if I'm in Downton Abbey and I have an old British mansion with these <laughs> really thick, I don't know, I'm imagining like emerald green velvet drapery. Is this going to help keep any of the sound from coming in from outside? Well, I love the aesthetic and I love the vision. Probably not. <laughs> and the reason being... Acoustics is in the details. Similar to a blackout shade, uh, you're mentioning, you know, even painting, you know, matte black and putting channels in and things like that. Light, sound, they'll all find the path of least resistance. So if you have a really heavy velour uh, window treatment in front of your window, but if you have gaps around the perimeter of that window treatment, sound will find a way. So while typically these things to block sound have to be massive, 
uh, quite literally having mass and weight to them, and velour can do that. Uh, again, it's all in the details. If you have those gaps, probably not. And that's why we always talk about putting either a secondary window or replacing the window, because that thing is typically sealed, and it's pretty close to the facade and the assemblies. Um, so again, we're reducing all of those small gaps and holes and things like that that you would see with a window treatment. For everyone listening, when is the right time or what is the right project to bring in an acoustic consultant? You know, one of one of my big takeaways in an earlier conversation that we had, you mentioned that your team designs how art is heard. And I just loved how you put that, right? When we think about Ketra, for example, it's incredible how the right light really affects the colors on the canvas and how that piece of art is perceived. There are just so many parallels. So when should someone be calling you guys or bringing in an acoustic consultant? Whenever someone has a vision or an experience in mind, we would really like to be on the project as soon as we can. Um, and then there's the more obvious ones when you have a fitness center above an apartment or if there is a residential home really close to highways or really busy traffic ways. Uh, obviously, we would want to be brought on there as well. Again, it's, it's a sense. It's a sound is part of the whole experience. So um, we'd like to be more proactive than reactive and get on the job as soon as possible. But really, we can be applied to any situation. So this sounds to me a lot like what I have personally seen happen over my last almost decade in this industry, where lighting designers are showing up on more and more projects. And my suspicion on why this happens is because people have been burned. They have done the lighting design themselves or the architect has tried to take it on without necessarily being educated on the latest and greatest in lighting, and they create an environment where nobody knows exactly how to fix what happened, but it's not quite right. So when we can bring in the lighting designer earlier, it solves a problem that they don't know that they're necessarily going to have, but it ensures that it doesn't happen. Yeah, similarly to lighting, more than ever, people are being more intentional about what they're putting into their space and the quality of their space. But that's not to say that we haven't been brought on jobs day two. Um, we're also professional problem solvers. Um, when we come into a space that's already been built, uh, typically acoustics was not in mind, similarly to what you said earlier about how lighting was not in mind. Um, fortunately, we have a whole department dedicated to that work. And again, they are the professional problem solvers. While, again, we would prefer the proactive method, we can also do a reactionary method as well. So we have a ton of audiophiles listening in. Tell us a little bit about what's the latest at Cerami. Yeah, so earlier we said more people are working from home more than ever. Uh, so Cerami has been really working on their soundscapes. So if you go to our website, we have uh, cafe soundscapes. You know, some people like to work in quiet and some people like to live your work in their lively environment too. So we've simulated a cafe environment and you can choose from three different types. You can choose from decaf, regular, and espresso. Um, those all correlate to the anticipated, you know, lively or not so lively environment. Um, Margaret and I have actually tried them out. We disagree. Margaret likes decaf. I like espresso. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nobody will be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a decaf person myself, uh, so I totally admit. Um, but I do have colleagues that love the espresso. 
soundscape. So it's kind of bringing back to the point, like it's somebody's preference and, you know, you get to cater and it's kind of subjective. So that's why we gave the different options. That's so fun. And you mentioned that you guys are doing some really cool stuff with virtual reality. Yeah. So we do acoustic virtual reality and this has been in the works for a few years now, um, but we're really starting to branch out and really um, showcase it to a lot of our clients. So when virtual reality really started to come up, many people uh, failed to acknowledge the acoustic component in it. So we kind of came in and we said, well, hey, wouldn't it be cool to experience the experience of a building, an office, a residential home before it's built? So we have um, a whole simulation and virtual reality cohort that really, you know, you're able to design or simulate the intended design, change up finishes, change up different assemblies. And so the user will be able to actually experience the experience and change it in real time and see the differences, all while standing either in our office or from the comfort of your own home, which is quite amazing. Um, And it's been really helpful on many projects. Um, And again, because acoustics, it's really hard to see a number on a report or page and really understand what that means. Um, So being able to give that experience to the client, designer, whomever, and for them to actually listen to it and understand it has been really impactful in our work. Yeah, that's amazing. Us at Lutron, I'm sure the folks listening would completely agree that what we do and the experiences we're trying to create in homes, it is really hard to explain right? And, you know, even the situation now with COVID, it's kind of given us the opportunity to optimize how we help our customers experience solutions virtually. Um, You know, even on our side, we've just started doing um, virtual tours, actually, of our Lutron Experience Centers in both New York City and our Ketra headquarters in Austin. And I've been absolutely floored at how incredibly well uh, these experiences can be felt and understood over video, right? Just as I'm sure mm-hmm. what you're doing with the virtual reality and being able to experience the difference in the acoustic comfort that those mm-hmm. changes can, can do. Our guest today has been Ginny Demsky, Senior Associate at Cerami Associates in New York. Ginny, thank you so much for being a guest here on our podcast today, Spotlight by Lutron. I think our listeners really picked up some incredible tips on how to make their next project more acoustically comfortable. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Great to be here. Good. And for our listeners, be sure to catch our previous episode with Lutron Chief Brand Ambassador, Melissa Andresco, in her interview with Matt Emmy, co-founder of the design and technology integration company, One Button in Brooklyn, New York. They had a fascinating conversation about human-centric lighting and how his team employs their expertise in AV, acoustics, and electronics to deliver incredible home experiences to the world's most discerning homeowners. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll tune in for more conversations with Lutron and our industry colleagues, consultants, and friends.